Welcome to this special edition of Media Week's Heavy Hitters South by Southwest. Brought to you by Rival Media and New Shorts. Hosted by Media Week's Managing Director and Publisher, Trent Thomas. This series tells you everything you need to know about South by Southwest from the industry's foremost experts. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heavy Hitters South by Southwest, brought to you by our sponsors, Rival Media and News Corp Australia. I'm your host, Trent Thomas, and in this episode, we'll be talking to famed TV host and podcast host, Oscar Gunsberg, who'll be telling us about his not just one, but his two live podcast recordings at South by Southwest Sydney. I won't spoil too much. I'll let him tell you more about it. So let's jump in. So obviously, we're talking now with Oscar Gunsberg. We're about a few weeks out from this episode airing, but you're currently on the press tour for Mars Singer. How's that all yeah. going? Yeah, it's great. It's great. I'm, I, you know, I'm really happy. I've been on the road, which is really nice after years of, um, you know, zooms and phoners because you know we couldn't travel, or we couldn't go anywhere to to go. I've been from, I've been right across the country in the last week, and it's magnificent to be out and in the room and meeting people and going into radio stations in you know all over the country, Perth, South Australia. Um, you know, Queensland, uh, here in New South Wales, it's freaking good, man. It's good. Um, it's a challenge though, you know, talking to people off air going, oh, so how's things going here with referendum? And then understanding that, oh my God, I live in a horrible bubble and understanding that, you know, there's other parts of Australia that are really, uh, quite caught up in misinformation. Um, and it's, it's hurts my heart a bit, but it, you know, means there's work to do. And, um, but it's interesting, you know, it's fascinating. We're in a fascinating time in our country. Your podcast, that kind of helps you break from that bubble a bit, right? That's very, what you do on your pod can be very different to a lot of the other work that you do in your industry. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's the same thing. Sometimes it's very different. And I started my podcast in 2013, because I wanted to have convers, I wanted to hear the kind of conversations that I wasn't hearing, and so I started having those kind of conversations. Now those kind of conversations are more, uh, you know, they happen more and more, and that's great. I'm happy those kind of conversations are happening in our community more and more. And my podcast is now one of many doing a similar thing, and that's great. And um, it's nice to do that. It's yeah, you know, it's nice to have um, different jobs that do different things. Mm. So you feel uh, valued and satisfied through different kinds of work. It helps keep everything sharp. I like it. Yeah. And kind of what was the appeal of doing a live record at South by, is this a brand that you'd followed in the past from its time in Texas, or is this a fairly new thing that popped up to you? I've lived in America for 10 years. Um, between 2005 and 2015. So I was very aware of uh, South by Southwest and I have been for quite quite some time. And I like how it is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, there's your TEDs and then there's your Festival of Dangerous Ideas and then there's your South by Southwesters and they're all kind of similar and different in, in each way. And to be invited to be a part of South by Southwest for uh, for two separate um, sessions is extraordinary. It's a big honor. And I'm very grateful to be contributing to the program in the way I am. And I'm grateful to be bringing those kind of conversations to that audience who otherwise, you know, you know, I, I, I grew up going to music festivals. I've been going to music festivals since I was old enough to get into them. And there was always something I really loved about 
a festival because you walked past a stage and you had your plan of what you wanted to go and see and who was gone where and you walk past the stage and go, well, hang on, what's that? And you're kind of attracted like a, like like you are when you're looking for lunch and you follow your nose to the smell of a food cart you didn't expect. And like now I'm eating a thing I didn't think I was going to eat. Similarly, you like walk past the stage and go, now I'm listening to a band I didn't think I was going to listen to. And bam, that's a nice discovery. <laughs> Similarly, it's nice to be, you know, a part of a big day where there's lots of other things going on and, you know, people can engage in ways that otherwise wouldn't. And that's really, you know, that's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, you know, my guests always sell what they're doing better than me in this podcast. Can you kind of talk our listeners through what you're doing at Southwire? I uh, I guess I'm I'm I am doing a few things I love to do all at the same time. I am having an engaging conversation with people I am really quite curious about and very interested by. Hopefully, providing them a place to bring ideas into a space that otherwise those ideas wouldn't show up. Uh, also being on stage in front of people in a room is really uh, a thing I do enjoy. Uh, I'm, I like holding that kind of space. I like creating a space for strangers to sit together and enjoy a thing together. And I'm, I'm really excited about these, these two particular conversations we're going to have. One with a name that a lot of people may recognize, uh, talking with Peter Garrett the uh, lead singer of the extraordinary Australian band Midnight Oil, most known for that. He's also spent some time in politics, a lot of time in activism. He's a very interesting man, thinks a lot about the world, and he has a lot of very, um, I mean, you know, you look at the King of the Mountain video, those guys are on a flatbed truck in front of the Exxon building. You know, I'm talking like 25 years ago, like they knew what's up and- (laughs) You know, they they literally are. They literally are. Okay, I see you wearing that. Name me three songs of like they are those guys when it comes to activism, and it's fantastic because they also made songs that we could dance to, which was really cool. And I'm also speaking with Diane Young, who's an extraordinary psychologist. She works out of the um, the South Pacific Private Hospital um, in the northern beaches of Sydney, which is a uh, quite a brilliant uh, recovery center. Um, they were a client for my podcast. We did a, a sponsored podcast with them. And I I liked that conversation so much. I said, listen, like, I know, you know, we've done our client thing, but can you come back on? Because the way that you talk about recovery and the way you talk about addiction is something that uh, uh, more people need to hear, um, you know, particularly when we're being told to, you know, you win some, you lose some. It's like, sure, drink responsibly. Like, please. It's really the conversations that we're having about addiction are not the conversations we're having. We're having kind of a cursory, you know, glance sideways that some people have lost control over their ability to discern whether something is or isn't a good idea. And having someone like Diane on the show and having that kind of conversation might be the very first time people have thought about addiction and thought about how addiction can affect not only them, but people around them. And maybe even thought about businesses that are built upon addiction. Of which there are numbers in our country, uh, <laughs> which is hard. Yeah, and um, you know, it's interesting. But yeah, so we're doing two sessions, which is uh, super cool. Have you done many live podcasts before? Does that change? Oh, heaps. Oh, no, no, heaps. And I, I always, I mean, you know, we did. It was three years or two years where we couldn't do anything. <laughs> uh, so I love, I love doing live, live stuff. I love doing live podcasts and. Um, you know, I've done I've done a bunch. You know, branded ones and unbranded ones. It's great. It's really fun. 
And it's always nice. It's a different vibe, you know, to I'm in my studio in my house right now. It's a different vibe to having someone face to face. It's a different vibe to having someone, it's a different kind of conversation when you are, you know, maybe connected like we are now. We're talking remotely uh, than to when we're sitting across the table from each other, like we do here in my studio. Or, but when we're in front of a crowd, it's also a different vibe. And that's nice. And um, sometimes it leads to moments you otherwise wouldn't get. But I do like to think that, you know, I'm able to create it enough intimacy and trust between myself and my guests to get those moments. Um, and it's fun. I love it. And what's well, kind of those aspects that doing in front of a crowd brings? Anything is better live. Anything. Like think of the last, think, think of when you were in lockdown, right? And then try to remember the first gig you saw. All right. Everyone tried. They tried to do gigs over, you know, online. They tried to do streaming stuff for fans. And then when once you stood in a club again and you saw a band, you're like, oh, that's right. I even went to the cinema the other night. I sat in a dark room full of strangers with my family and watched a movie. It was awesome just to be with other humans. It's great. It's a lovely feeling. It adds an extra excellence to a moment. That's why I love live television. You know, uh, you know, it's why I like, like for Masked Singer, for example, we, we, this, we tried to make, we, we made it, we did it, we did a job of it. We did it twice without an audience and it was hard. It was real hard. <laughs> and then to have an audience again, you're like, oh, thank, it just lifts everything. It lifts everybody. And if you build the room right and you build the moment right and you introduce the the space correctly, you can take everybody with you on this magnificent uh, ride, and it, it will usually like it will bring a conversation or a, a you know a, a, a tangent or an emotion to a place that otherwise wouldn't have got had all those people not got there with you. It's great. Yeah, I went to what I've been to several Mars Singer recordings, and you can definitely see the energy of you playing off the crowd. In your best, man. Yeah. So I can't imagine that in an empty room. It would have been a struggle. It's hard. You got to, you got to sell it. Like it still is fun. It's so much fun. I love it. Uh, but you know, when the crowd is really firing and they are responding to even like the smallest little, you know, eyebrow at a, at a certain moment that you're having as you're conversing, like it just makes everything better. And it's, it, it feeds the performers, the better, the better the crowd is, the better we are, the better we are, the better the crowd is. It's a lovely symbiotic performative. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is literally participatory art. It's beautiful. Uh, and with your um, shows at South by, what are you kind of hoping will be the takeaways from both? Because you kind of discussed they're both, some pretty serious and interesting conversations of two different messages. What are you kind of hoping people that might not have seen your stuff before, but because it's on the South by slate walking, like you said, the smell of a, of a food truck, in a yeah. concert. Yeah. These people that walk in and they see these shows for the first time, what are you kind of hoping will be the takeaway? Well, look, the shows, my podcast is called better than yesterday. And that's really it. That's what I try to do with every episode is like, let's learn something. Let's learn something that'll make this day a little bit better. Whether that be something about, I don't know, the positive economic impacts of climate action, or let's say, oh, here's what this particular actor can tell us about what it's like to work in a job where you get literally told no 900 times, and then they get told yes, and that's the movie they win an Oscar for. And then everyone thinks, oh, they're so successful. Yeah, they're the best in the world at being told no 900 times, then doing it again. And that's something we can all learn from. That's something, you know, it's not, 
there's no super secret ways of being. We don't have secret handshakes and strange temples in the middle of town, right? It's it's all the same problem. And we all, there's heaps of solutions that humans have found to the same set of problems. And listening to the way that somebody slightly adjacent to your problem, for example, you're trying to work something out with your family and you hear someone talk about how they relate to the other people on their sports team better, that may tick something in your brain that goes, oh, oh, right. And you suddenly realize something you hadn't realized before. And I think that's really important and that we can, there's so many, so many problems that have already been solved. And all we need to do is look and find the answers. Sometimes they're in, in places that we otherwise didn't think to look. And, and I'd like to think that's what I do every show. And no matter who it is I'm speaking with. And, but on this particular show, you know, you don't often get a chance to speak to literally Australian, you know, music and activism royalty and probably one of the greatest communicators about addiction that our country's ever seen. Um, you don't get to do that every day. So it's, it's nice. And were these guests kind of handpicked for the Southwell experience? I know your guests are all incredibly curated, but like, did you have to put extra thought into who you wanted to do this South by um, performance? I, I think you do. You know, these people are, are guests we had lined up anyway. Yeah. You know, we already had people that we had approached and, you know, we've, we're lucky to have a, a, a number of guests um, locked in and lined up. And when these opportunities came up, to be a part of South by Southwest, we were able to say, look, we've got these people that we're talking to about trying to find dates. Um, they're down to do a live one. Uh, how are they? Uh, because it's a, you know, it's a curated festival and the, the team that programmed the festival, you know, they don't want to get double ups and things like that. And that's, you know, really important when you're running a festival, you don't want to have six sessions in a row about, you know, the Mattel's exploitation of IP and what it means for the future film industry. Uh, one, fine. Five more, eh, that's yeah. enough. Even a Hasbro one, we don't care. Like, <laughs> one's enough, you know? We're currently on that Mars Singer um, journey. Kind of, what can we kind of expect from the show? I feel like the the PRs at 10 would kill me if I didn't um, have a bit of a chat to you about... Well to expect from that look it's a really interesting time to be in broadcasting I, f I think you know i was saying to one of my bosses at the logies after party i don't know like a fuck o'clock in the morning it was on the dance floor it was really fun and uh i went to go get a drink of water and one of my bosses was there i won't say who but you know we were just kind of talking about how you know looked around and i've been to a number of logies this person's been to a number of logies we're kind of talking about how things have changed over time and Look, in my opinion, it is the most exciting or most terrifying time to be in broadcast right now. It all depends on how you're looking at it. I personally think it's the most exciting time to be in broadcast right now because the opportunity to meet your audience where they are and connect with them authentically in a way that is you know, convenient for them has never been greater. And making something that emotionally connects with people authentically is, you know, just the best way to get that. It's the best way to get there. And you can do it through sport, uh, but you really need to rely on the people to have an, uh, uh, an enrollment in the particular team that you're talking about. It was easy with Matildas, you know, we're all there, Australia. It's the gold team versus <laughs> the black team. Gold team versus black team. It was great. But so, for example, that with Mask, though, it's such a simple, simple promise. Um, and it delivers every single time is it is so snap is one of the simplest games you can play 
that demonstrates what makes great television. You take a half a deck of shuffle cards. I take a half a deck of shuffle cards. You put down a card. I put down a card. We keep going in turns until two saying numbers come up. Bang, snap. <laughs> I take those cards. Then we start again. And each time it doesn't pay off, the jeopardy rises, 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 rises. Boom, then you set it off. That's the that's that's television. That's all scripted, scripted, non-scripted. That is all TV, all drama, everything. And this show does that so simply. It just it, but in the most extraordinary way, it just pulls a slingshot back so hard. And then when the head comes off, it really doesn't matter if you got it or you didn't get it. All that matters is that you see who it is. Mm. And it's perfect. It's and I love it because it doesn't mean anything and there's no prize. Uh, they're already famous. They're just doing it because it's fun. Uh, we're doing it because it's fun. I love it because it means nothing. And uh, also that it's a beautiful example of the quantum superposition because you're correct and incorrect at the same time until the moment of observation. It's glorious. Yeah. You know, I love it, man. Um, and and it's a great show because it you know it very few shows that are on broadcast TV right now can you know does the whole family legitimately want to watch, and this one you legitimately like you. I watch it. It's the only show that I make that my whole family watches with me. It's nice. <laughs> the um the reveal is like so much fun. Yeah, not to go behind the curtain too much, but the only problem with being in the live audience is that you get shuffled out before the reveal. So it doesn't we get can't trust good. anybody. I can't trust any. I, I can't trust anyone. Agree with it, but um, every time I get shuffled out, I'm like ah, just one. Like ah, we can't. We can't trust one. anybody. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> um, who you are now versus who you were before you saw America Ferrara's monologue in the Barbie movie are two different people. And if I told you about that monologue and I kind of did a version of it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. And then when you saw it, because I'd spoiled it, it wouldn't, wouldn't hit yeah. as hard. I don't want to deny you that transformative <laughs> experience. So I don't want to tell anyone anything. I want them all to have that moment. It's beautiful. No, no, I get it. So the other great show that you do for 10 is The Bachelors. Got, yeah. It's on now. Kind of, they're very different in tone. I kind of, how do you go between balancing the two? How much time do you need to get the headspace for the oh, Osha Whisper? It's real easy, man. Like, it's super easy. Like, I, in seasons past, I've literally done them day on, day off. Um, because this production schedules have overlapped. Um, look, I, I was saying before, you know, if you can authentically engage with your audience, um, then that is, that's the key to it. And it is just remember you're only ever speaking to one person at a time. That's it. And on a show like mask, I just have to allow myself to feel the authentic excitement that I feel when the head comes off and I'm like, oh, it's dark, you know, I can't believe it's you. And that's amazing because I'm actually standing next to this person. It's wild, right? When it comes to Bachelor, I just, you know, just think about exactly what is actually happening here. My job today is to tell that beautiful young man or woman that this beautiful young man or woman isn't that into them and it's probably time that they left because nothing more is going to happen for either of you. And that's a hard thing to do, uh, to, spill, uh, to, to, to speak that emotional news to somebody. Mm -hmm. And you would speak softly 
and with gravity in your voice if you wanted to do that in a respectful way as well. And that's all it is. That's all it is. And the the test of that is when I am in the street and I hear someone call my name and I think, oh, I must know that person. And I turn around and hey, why didn't we meet? And they go, oh, no, no, we've never met. Ah, oh, that shows me that I'm doing my job well because that shows me that people feel they know me well enough um, and I'm being authentic enough with myself that they feel they can approach me in that way. And that, you know, that's a good sign. I like it. So, yeah, that's that's how I do it. So I just have one more cue, kind of from your career so far, both podcast and TV, what's been some of your main takeaways you can share with our listeners today? Remember the business that you're in and remember what it is you're here to do. There's a book by Jim Fannin, um, who was Andre Agassi's uh, psych coach or coach essentially that helped Agassi um, win the uh, Wimbledon. He also helped A-Rod go from the Texas Rangers to signing for the New York Yankees for $100 million. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. And he talks about what's the one thing you do better than anybody? What is the, and, and just distill it down to that. What is that one thing that you do? And, you know, for, I think in the book, A-Rod talks about um, I hit the I hit the ball with an accelerated bat right in the sweet spot, and the ball goes exactly where I wanted to go. That's what he does better than anybody else, and that's why he got a hundred million dollar check from the New York Yankees. So think about what it is in your career that you do, whatever it is that you do, better than anybody, and remember that that's where it starts, and then everything else goes from there. I have one job, and it's two words. Well, more actually, but it's just two. My job is to make people feel less alone. That's it. That's my job. And whether that be through a podcast or through any television that I do, if I am able to make people feel like they are seen or a way they think about the world or feel about the world or, you know, if I'm able to reflect an emotion that they may be feeling or reflect a a way they feel about the world in a, in a way that makes them go, oh, yeah, it's not just me then my job is done. If I am doing that while wearing a fan-fucking-tastic suit with an LED mask that Oscar winner, Golden Globe winner, Tony winner, Emmy winner, uh, uh, BAFTA winner, Tim Chappell made for me, then so be it. Uh, while surrounded by 20 dancers and fireworks, uh, yes, in front of 300 people with jib cameras and pyro going off, then brilliant. But the key, the part that I'm really there to do is to be, hey, you're excited about this guess what? I'm fucking excited about this. Let's fucking go. And that's my job. And I love that I get to do it. So find the thing that you can do better than anybody else that only you can do and just try to get as good as you can at that. And that's really it. Well, great advice and a great way to close. Thank you so much for your time. I know you must be absolutely jam-packed on your schedule. Appreciate the time. Mate, I used to live heavy things for a living. I used to be a roadie. That's why we're hearing aids and I had two hernias and like, and now I get to do this. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Right? I'm not digging ditches on the side of the M5, mate. Like, it's all right. Uh, well, <laughs> thank you for taking the time anyways. And you got I'm it, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the support. I'll see you. Um, see you there, man. Middle of October. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Heavy Hitters South by Southwest Special. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit follow for all future episodes. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast. 
This episode was brought to you by Rival Media and New Shorts.